Hey friends, this is Lori and Lily back with another episode of Fictional Frenemies. For those who love it and those who don't. They feels kind of crooked, huh? Yep, I saw six crows flying over the house today. Did you know that a murder of crows is three crows, so that would be a double murder? Just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of the jokes. Today's YA book series is the Six of Crows duology. And actually, I've read this, which is pretty big for me because I don't tend to read books of this genre. Well, you too, right? Yep, I really liked it. It's, um... It kind of reminded me of an old-timey fairy tale, kind of, and it's also like got this like kind of European flavor, which is very us. It is. We've got that European flair. I think it's based in like 16th century Amsterdam or 19th century Amsterdam. Yeah. So it's Rotterdam, right? Yeah, exactly. But the immigrants are definitely like there's this whole thing with like immigration and there's kind of like the socio-political undertone and it really feels very like Eastern European troubles are brewing kind of thing. We have a lot of civil wars, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It felt familiar in a way even though it was a fantasy. The civil wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that that aspect of the story, it felt like... Yeah, I tend to like... I feel like books like this remind me more of the fa- like fiction and fantasy of like the adult genre yes. rather than purely YA. Yes. I think there are definitely certain elements that are a little like... I don't want to say juvenile. I feel like that's quite rude. But less mature than, for example, um, Game of Thrones. But it has that same like otherworldly, mysterious, socio-political aspect that I like. Well, I think it's one of those series that, you know how we were just saying that some Disney movies are clearly, have like jokes that are written for adults and mm-hmm. certain storylines or certain characters even that are written more for adults than for the kids. I think this is a duology um, that definitely has an aspect, like a layer that is written for the YA audience and then a different layer that is written for the more mature audience that's going to enjoy it. Yeah, like a more profound layer. Yes. Yeah, I yes. think that makes sense. I guess on the younger side of the YA spectrum, right. wouldn't necessarily recognize that. I think it makes it more more interesting for the And also like more modern. YAs. More modern, true. Yeah. You know how I feel about gay romance. <laughs> Lily, it's the, the most crucial part of any of these books is the is the the diversity, the inclusivity. You know how I feel about. And they were Jesper? great characters too. I mean, it wasn't just like randomly thrown in there. It was a great storyline. They line. built on it. They built. They on really the romance. did. They really did. It was really well done and really an enjoyable relationship to read about. Yeah, I just, I just can't, I can't, I can't wait to see the show come out and see this on the screen. Oh, very exciting, very exciting for me. Okay, but we have to be, we have to be real here. We have to look at this through a, a real, a true life lens, economic sure. lens. You know, sure. Super fun, lots of money. So let's start with the publishing side. Mm-hmm. So obviously, books have to get published first, right, before they make it to Netflix. So the ones that we're focusing on is the first duology in the Grishaverse. So Grishaverse is that's the collective name for the world that the author um, sort of writes in. So it's sort of like the Game of Thrones universe, sort of like that same idea where there's a lot of books based in the same place. And then there's books from the past and books from the present and books 
a sort of go yeah, back I mean, I on themselves. That's a, that's a common way of doing it. Lord of the Rings is the same way. True. History and the... Yeah. Yeah. So the Six of Crows and the Crooked Kingdom. So those are the first two books. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so these books focus on a band of robbers, thieves, and social outcasts, my favorites, led by the notorious Kaz Brecker. <laughs> Lily, tell us what they do. Well, so basically, Kaz, uh, he gets some kind of uh, crazy assignment, right? Mm-hmm. And not an assignment, a job, because he's he's the thief, the notorious thief. Yes. And um, he... He's very smooth. He always seems to like know what he's doing and he knows better than to attempt this uh, job on his own. So he collects uh, five others. The six of crows. Yes, six total. I don't know what the crows is a reference to. I don't think I, think I ever that's what got... His, I think that's what his uh, gangster tribe oh, that's was called. right. He had a gang. That's right. There's a lot of uh, pretty, pretty dark undertones. Um, yeah. But the six of them together head off onto this uh, this journey, this experience to complete the job, and and some of it goes very right, and some of it goes very wrong, and they basically they get out barely alive, and um, it's a pretty wild ride, and it sets itself up pretty well for the Crooked Kingdom. I feel like the Crooked Kingdom I almost enjoyed better because it was like a resolution to all the things that were set up in Mm -hmm. Six of Crows. So it's a really nice duology. You definitely can't read one without reading the other. Um, And yeah, great cast of characters. I agree. Um, So these first couple of books, they were sold uh, to the Henry Holton Company and then published under Macmillan, which is a huge company, one Mm -hmm. of the biggest, one of the big three. Mm -hmm. Definitely not the one I want to work for, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they have some they have some like wild authors that they publish but this is this is like this was a huge huge hit for them and then the following i think in the in the next couple of years the Grishaverse trilogy came out mm-hmm. which just starts with the shadow and bone mm-hmm. which is the first book uh, picked up by the same publishers and reached international acclaim such acclaim in fact that it's becoming a show Well, I mean, how could it not? I mean, it was it was on the top of the New York bestseller list, which is always a good indication that they're going to do something with it. Yeah. That they're going to, like, invest more money and, in, like, really building yeah. that audience. And this is the kind of thing that would do really well as a show because it does have all of these very complicated backstories and backstories to the backstories and histories that are interwoven with politics. Interwoven. And- Interwoven. <laughs> I like interwoven. <laughs> I'm not an English major. I'm a pharmacist. <laughs> well, I think when you have a story this big, especially with world building of this extent, you can't not make a show out of it these days. I think that Game of Thrones really set the scene. Like, this is what we do now. Mm-hmm. When you have something that is this intense and well-written with these kinds of characters, with this kind of, like, power to the storyline, this this draw for the audience, you can't not make a show out of it. And if you're going to make a show out of it, you have to do it right. You have to do it big. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Game of Thrones has really, 
set the standard. I don't know why we're talking about Game of Thrones. The storylines like are totally different. They are, but I feel like in terms of like intensity, intensity, there's, yes. there's a certain similarity, yeah, and a darkness. Also, some gay characters in Game of Thrones, <laughs> although they were not as good. Let me tell you, <clears throat> not as good as good old Jesper. Jesper knew what he was doing. Oh, what's the name of the other one? I I forgot. Wes? Wes! It was Wes. You're totally right. Wes and Jesper. What what a combination of names. I mean, top notch. (laughs) Wes and Jesper. We now pronounce you husband and husband. (laughs) You may kiss the Wes. Like, what is the... I don't know. Uh... Anyway, McMillan invests a huge chunk of change in Lee because she, she turns out these books. So the duology does really well itself. And then the trilogy is sort of like her her second contract with Macmillan. Oh, interesting. So contracts is a big thing in the publishing world. When you sign on with a publishing house, and usually you stick with the same publishing house because your agent works from the from there. Right. Um, and agents in the publishing world are sort of like the go-between between the author and the, pu- the publishing house itself. Right. So they sort of negotiate the contract. They'll do a lot of like... Um, pub- like publish publicizing. Mm-hmm. They'll do like they'll organize a lot of like like events for the author to go to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll also they can also negotiate like she she probably has an author that negotiated specifically with Netflix um, to get her chunk of change from that too. I can't even imagine she's writing the script for them. So which is it's not uncommon um, for an author to do that. Um, <clears throat> it is a little out of the out of the box because it's it's tough for an author to go from writing a novel to writing a script well i kind of think how like a lot of things that have been a lot of stories that have been converted to the big screen you'll find that the author the original author is like a co-author on this or like like, the, a, like a story writer That's yes usually what they i think jk as. rowling was uh was some some version of that because she definitely um assisted in the writing of the script but she didn't write it fully yeah so it's 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 an interesting sort of uh choice i guess for lee Mm -hmm. um it's it it might speak to what she's planning to do in her future she she might be planning more books and similarly planning to make movies out of them which would make sense if she has a contract with netflix as well so she signed on with them for an unknown six-figure digit that was her advance six figure is not 100k let me tell you there's more like 500k um, for the trip for the trilogy, not for the duology. But the duology, she got an advance that was you know normal. It's usually like 50k or something. Um, she produces their their first duology. Then she gets a new contract for the trilogy. I've sense. already lost sense of, of the math. That's so much money. It's oh so it's a lot God. of money. So the advance so advances in the publishing world are basically like to help tide the author over. Right, right. So that they can they can write focus on writing without right, worrying right. about like, right, anything, right. anything financial um it's very common um right. and it also like it's it sort of binds so once you take that money the right. story is the, under that publishing house you right. can't you can't go back on your word that's right. part of the, pu- the contract makes sense um and then so she 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 gets her this advance for the trilogy they obviously are investing a lot of money in her because mm-hmm. they have a feeling that this is they're big si- yeah they're sitting on something and they negotiate a three-book contract. So she gets her advance. She has to write three books. Then she gets royalties. And royalties is based on how many books are sold. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this is including audio. Mm-hmm. This is including ebooks. This is including any merchandising. This is so just royalties. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know the percentage. I don't. The contract isn't open to the public, but royalties is not not usually not you know nothing more than maybe two percent or like yeah, but it adds 3%. up. It does, but it's not you know it's not like a huge chunk of change. Most of the money is going back to Macmillan. And obviously, okay. they have to pay, you know, the, the press, they have to pay the bookstores, they have to negotiate all of that. Right. So, still a huge amount of money. But, um, yeah, three books. She writes these books. She sells them. They do great. Um, and they get a phone call from Netflix. Netflix says, ring, ring. Time to make a show. They, re- they do a new contract. Netflix says, I give you big money. Make your show. And Lee says, okay, I write script. They say, we pay you for script. So she gets lots of money. She's just she's. We said Sarah Jane Moss is forty million. We're yeah. talking Lee is like a hundred at this point, at least. Holy. Moly. And the show just got released, and it's the first season. We can't even. I can't even imagine that kind of money. Builds the hype. That's exactly what it is. And then the hype sells. Exactly. Obviously. Exactly. Um, so obviously, if you have a Netflix subscription, so you're paying money. You're paying paying premium money to Netflix, and then getting. Netflix sets send some of that money back to Lee and back to McMillan. You know, you keep calling her Lee, but this is like how I mispronounced Lee Bar- Barduro? Bardugo? Bardugo? I called her Lay the entire time. Maybe oh, I call her Lee. Maybe this is just me mispronouncing names because it could a court be of because a court of thorns and roses, I called her Wait, what did I call her? See, now I don't know what I called fair? her. Fair? The main character I called her fair. fair the entire time, and her name was Feyra. So I called him Kaz Breaker, and his name is Kaz Brecker. So this it's is possible just I'm wrong. My reading skills. <laughs> I think that's. I mean, teach their own. I guess we'll see in the show. The show will tell us how to pronounce everything. Yes. But I call her Lee. I don't know, because G H should be L E I G H. Should I mean whatever? Lee Lay, Bard- Bardugo, Miss Bardugo, Miss Bardugo, Miss Bardugo, the brilliant, the brilliant, uh, is making lots of money. She's under contract. She's 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 saving saving her pennies to build a buy a mansion and a Tesla. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's that's the dream for every author is like that they get the, they get this kind of like attention, this kind of contract. With You're right. This is definitely and the that's dream. It. That's, that's I lot. mean, a deal with Netflix, a deal with Hulu. Interesting that we're talking about another series that is coming to not big screens. What, what do you call it when it comes Perhaps to... Perhaps I did that on your, purpose. Your home screens. Oh. 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 planning things out. Yeah. Okay, Miss Podcast Queen. Thank you so much. All right, friends. This has been... Lily. And Lori. <laughs> your experts on all things Grisha. Hope you learned something about the money, movie, the money moves of publishing. You know, money moves. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time for a romantic... Mmm, ooh la la.